Hello everyone, it's Monday the 11th of July. Welcome to Afternoon Sport. My name's Luca Muller, I'm joined by Shane Lee. How are you Shane? Luca, welcome to the team, mate. I love you hosting, it's good fun. Yeah, it's good to be here. Big, big <laughs> shoes to fill with Tim out, but uh, pretty exciting stuff. He's only about a size nine, mate, he's not that big. <laughs> <laughs> he's very talented, but on the microphone, I'll give him that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm nervous, I'm anxious to fill in for him, but it should be a good day. Plenty of sports to talk about uh, over the weekend and coming up this week, we'll look at some cricket as Sri Lankans uh, given Pat Cummins and the boys, a bit of trouble over there. Some tennis from Wimbledon as Djokovic and Rybakina take home the singles titles. Some AFL, NRL action and uh, plenty more. John O'Brien is a legend of Australia's beer industry. In 2003, he dreamed of producing a great tasting beer that could be enjoyed by everyone, free from the ill effects of mass-produced wheat and barley. John began a brewing journey blending unique aromas and flavours offered by ancient grains such as sorghum and millet. He perfected recipes over time which have led to 40 local and international awards, including three gold medals at the Australian International Beer Awards, a gold medal at the Indies and a silver medal at the Beer World Cup. Proudly 100% Aussie-owned, made in Ballarat, O'Brien Beer is Australia's most awarded gluten-free beer and widely available around Australia through major retailers and online at rebellionbrewing.com.au. O'Brien Beer, the beer that loves your back. Let's kick off with some tennis, Shane. You watched that last night? I did, mate. It was um, it was a shame. Uh, Nick Kyrgios came out well, um, but the the Joker, mate, just too good. Curious winning the first set 6-4, but then Djokovic just dominated um, 6-3, 6-4, 7-6 in the in the fourth to to win his seventh Wimbledon title. And um, and Nick, yeah, once again um, started really well, but imploded. Got involved with the crowd and. Uh, it was interesting to see what he said after the game. He referred to um, well, they had a side bet, but um, whoever win had whoever had to uh, whoever lost had to shout dinner that night too. I saw that, yeah, yeah which was nice. <laughs> but um, he did refer to uh, Djokovic as a bit of a god, and then then he was asked, you know, will you be back again, Nick? And he said. No, <laughs> he said I'm yeah. just too tired. I'm too tired, and I just um, I'm exhausted. And then and then the Joker replied, uh, "You will be back." So they've got a quite a nice relationship in a strange way, I reckon. Yeah, absolutely, they definitely do. That dinner bet thing was funny. Um, I love it. I just hope they treat the the wait staff better than they treat the umpires. You know, <laughs> trying to pour a glass of red. There's Dunlops flying at your head. <laughs> well, that's it. Yeah, you, you, what you want to tip? You go get stuff yourself. Yeah. Um. <laughs> yeah, it was an interesting match though. Like you said, Kyrgios started off really well, but then mm. Djokovic. I mean, he's you know maybe the best tennis player of all time. So. He turned the tide. And Nick held his own for a while there. I think he can be proud of the performance. But it was a classic Kyrgios meltdown as well. He was going nuts at the crowd and the umpire and his own box as well. All his own family and fans and mm. stuff who said they weren't giving him enough energy. He was trying to get this one woman kicked out because he said she was too drunk. <laughs> and she was talking while he was trying to serve. It was, um, you know, didn't get the win. But as always, brings the entertainment factor. Definitely, mate. And the thing is that uh, what I didn't realize leading into this match, they only faced each other twice, um, never on grass, but both on hard courts, which is Djokovic's best surface, and Nick had what beat him both times. Yeah, right. So he was going in that final, never losing to the Joker, which I think would have put a bit of extra pressure on himself. But look, that first set, 
it proves he can do it, and it proves he can he can beat world class players. And let's just hope that Nick takes this as a positive experience <laughs> and doesn't implode from here. <laughs> yeah, it'd be interesting <laughs> to watch things unfold for Nick over the next few months. Uh, and in the women's as well, Lana Rybakina taking over the women's title, first ever Kazakh winner of Wimbledon. There, she she also came from behind, just like Djokovic after she dropped the first set to Jabour, but uh, she looked really good. It's sort of two young tennis players. It's good to see. It feels like the future of the women's game right there. Um, it was a bloody good game. Yeah, particularly after uh, Serena sort of trying to come back and, and dropping out. She's dominated women's tennis for, for many years, as we know, uh, a superstar of the sport. But yeah, there is a change of the guard here. And, and as you said, the first Kazakhstani to win a major, both from men or women, um, from mm. that country. So it's a huge honour for her. And uh, I don't know what she'll get from that. I watched... Uh, I watched Borat. Maybe she'll get she'll get a, a pet goat or something. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, fingers crossed. Good luck to her. What about the cricket over in Sri Lanka? Have you watching much of that, Shane? Mate, I have been, mate. And uh, look, the Aussies were brilliant in the first test. Uh, it's a little bit of a different feel this second test. Uh, we scored 364 first inning. Smith, back to his, his best, um, his first 100 in about 18 months. He got yeah, good to see. Wasn't yeah, that really good? 145, not out. Look, Sri Lanka... Um, uh, batted really, really well. They're currently six for 437, so have a lead of about mm-hmm. 64. Chandamal, the highest scorer, at 118. Stark, probably the best of our bowlers, two for 47. Um, Lyon bowled 56 overs, which is a huge amount of overs in the first innings uh, to take home two for 160, and he's left the field with cramps. So yeah. a lot of pressure on him, but I dare say this is heading to a draw, this, this test match. Yeah, it certainly looks like it, doesn't it? Bit of a rain delay as well, which mm. doesn't help that. Um, yeah, I don't know. Maybe you should call him up and give him some advice. I think you've got a pretty good record against Sri Lanka, right? <laughs> well, I do actually, but uh, not Five in for test match. at the MCG, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah, it's a one-day international, mate, not a test match. But, uh, <laughs> but no, look, I, I think the Aussies are doing well. Uh, they're playing really well over there. And considering there's a lot of um, a disruption uh, in the economy over there in Sri Lanka at the moment, cricket's bringing a real stability to the country if you can say that, they're, they're, they're out of um, energy and power. Yeah, it's pretty wild to see, isn't it? There's sort of these protests happening in the background of the of the news stories in the country, but then also the cricket always going on and the locals are there for it as always. And yeah, it'd be interesting to watch those last two days and see everything unfold, I guess, in Sri Lanka over the next little while. Yeah, well, at Gaul Stadium now, you've got a, a 16th century fort just outside the ground and, and protesters were getting up there with signs saying, uh, go home, go to. So they're referring to the... the Gobaya, the the president, they want him out over there because people are really, really struggling. Um, Those people were uh, barred from entering the ground or or watching the cricket at all. So the government taking not only their energy away, they're taking the ability to watch the cricket, which is pretty tough. (laughs) Yeah. 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 What do you have if you don't have that? (laughs) I know, mate. (laughs) Bit bloody rough. And some uh, some news in Rugby Union as well. Uh, Eddie Jones reckons there's some issues with the umpiring going on after England... uh, England got a win over the Wallabies this week. Yeah, well, the the uh, England played exceptionally well. I thought they they really controlled the ruck uh, to win twenty five to seventeen over the Wallabies. The Wallabies um, winning the first one, so the guys to a decider now. Um, but yeah, I totally agree. R- rugby is totally over engineered from from a, a referee's perspective. Um, mm-hmm. They had this uh, knock on rule where it's it's an intentional knock on rule, but it hasn't been used properly. Like two players in this game went for an intercept and knocked it on. That's not a knockdown rule. That was actually a knock-on. Um, and they've both been given yellow cards. So really, really stupid uh, refereeing uh, in rugby at the moment. I saw that. Those calls were just insane. Yeah. Just have to spend time off the ground for that. Just 
trying to make a simple intercept, doing all that you can to just try to catch the ball, and you get called for a deliberate knock-on, and then have to yeah go to the sin bin. It's uh, it's no good. You'll be hoping they clean that up before the World Cup uh, next year, I suppose. Um, let's have a bit of a break. We'll be back soon with some AFL, NRL, and more. See you soon. Welcome back. Let's cover some uh, some more domestic-based things here. Let's talk some AFL. You watched some games this weekend, Shane. See those Swannies? I did see the Swannies. They were good. They're sitting clear in seventh now, which is uh, a few results went our way on the weekend. But uh, the Swannies look good. They, they definitely play better at the SCG, the smaller ground. They can control yep. uh, and, and smother the teams a, a lot there. But uh, I really liked Reed going into um, in, 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 as a ruckman there, and he really... Um, Got, got the ball in the Swans' hands from the centre bounce. So it was, uh, they, they looked good. Yeah, Swans look really good. Massive win over the dogs there. Like you say, they really suit playing at the SCG. It matches their sort of fast-paced, quick handball yep. game very well. Um, but, I mean, the moment of the weekend, it's got to be Noah Anderson, right, for the Gold Coast Suns. You catch this. Oh. <laughs> I, mate, unbelievable. Every kid practices in the park. What, what, you, one of your mates does the siren. With his mouth, <laughs> and then and then you kick it to to win the match. Every kid's practiced that many many times in the parks over the years, and it happened to Noah Anderson to uh, to kick the goal to beat the Tigers. The Tigers had a twenty eight point lead here and just um, absolutely squandered the the lead. The Gold Coast to come back to win ninety four to ninety two. So good. Uh, yeah, Richmond now eighth, um, just behind the Swans, and the Gold Coast sitting eleventh. So yeah, yeah, big, big, big win for the Gold Coast. Yeah, it's massive stuff. So good for the Suns, and just this week as well, they signed uh, their coach Stewie Dew onto two year contract mm. extension. So it feels like for once, probably the first time in their history, really, there's actually a bit of momentum and positivity around that project, and a moment like that will just help build things for the fans and all the players as well. That really bonds people together. So good time to be a Suns fan, I reckon. Uh, you see yes. these bombers, bombers up against Brisbane as well? I did, mate. And uh, look, look, Brisbane um, should have won this game. They're, they're currently fourth. This really affects their top two potential finish. Absolutely, um, They yeah. had nine players out, nine players out. So let, let's let's leave it at that. But the Bombers still good to win two in a row. First time this year. Yeah. Uh, 100 to 90. I thought they did really, really well. Lockie Neal missing that key goal for the, for the Brisbane at the end there. Yeah. Really cost them, but... Yeah, big win for the Bombers. Yeah, massive win for the Bombers. Um, like I say, first two wins in a row for 2022. Mm. Just a surprising loss from Brisbane. They've looked so good at times, and then they drop a game like this, and they almost pulled it off as well. They were storming home. They'd come from yep. about 30 points back, and then within 30 seconds on the clock, uh, Essendon gets a bit of a contentious free kick in their own 50. Yes. Guelphie gets taken high. There's actually a fair few... Uh, interesting high tackle calls this weekend. I think that'll be a rule that the AFL looks at through the week and this is what they always do. A few a few calls go the wrong way and then they look at it through the yep. week and then they have a hard line stance the week after. I don't know if they'll be paying more of them or less of them, but either way they need to make a decision because the inconsistency okay. on those calls is killing the fans and the players as well. Um, what about the NRL? What's happening over there? Origin decider this week? Big Origin decider. It's one all. Suncorp and you beauty. Cameron Munster's out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Queensland. great news for your boys. <laughs> really good news for your boys. Yeah, and also Talagai too. So um, two big losses, both returning positive uh, COVID tests. 
Um, mm-hmm. The Cowboys 5'8", um, Tom Dearden comes in, uh, and the Broncos winner Corey Oates comes back in the squad. Look, both two very good players. And will uh, Craig Hodges' favourite son, Sam Walker, get, get a chance uh, to play in his first origin? We'll see. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, it's great to see Queensland undermanned and um, <laughs> New South Wales which we've, we've, we've struggled to win up at Suncorp and particularly in deciders mm-hmm. um, over the years. But you'd have to think we're uh, an out-and-out out uh, favourite to win this one. You'd think so, yeah. After the performance in that second origin game and coming into yep. this one, I was probably tipping you anyway. But especially now mm. without Munster, uh, even though it is at home for, for the Queenslanders there, yeah, I reckon New South Wales, um, pretty decent chance on Wednesday there. Um, what about this? Uh, the Raiders locker room rules? Do you see this? <laughs> oh, mate. I'm just going to pull up what it says here. So this is uh, the physios put up uh, uh, a note on the door for all players to adhere to. The first one is you must shower before you come in. There's no eating in the change room. No shoes or boots on the bed. No farting. Come on. No farting. No coffee. And you must clean up your mess. I don't know what mess they're going to put on the table, but uh, what sort of institution this is. But um, but no farting, mate. Come on. Fart's funny when you're a kid. It's funny when you're 50. It's funny, isn't it? You can just imagine some really pissed off physios who have gone around and had to get this sign made the physios union is just coming into action <laughs> if you keep fighting we're striking we're not doing it <laughs> mate i remember we had a new south wales uh pre-season um uh training uh one year it was uh bikram yoga the hot yoga oh yeah and and the girl who was leading 28 of us in the pre-season sort of class uh she went into a downward dog and dropped a fart and um, 28 of us, we couldn't stop laughing. And the session got called off. She was so embarrassed. But hey, we thought, geez, you did it, not us. That's amazing. Well, she wouldn't be welcome in the Raiders locker room. So. No, she wouldn't. Bad luck to her. <laughs> Bit of news from uh, stateside now in the NBA. Aussie mm. young gun, Dyson Daniels. Uh, unlucky, sustained an ankle injury in his very first off-season game for the New Orleans Pelican. It just been drafted there. No signs yet as to how long he might be out, but um, yeah, obviously not great news. And although the timing of it, pretty pretty interesting. It was the very day that he signed his first rookie contract, which <laughs> will land him $36 million over four years. So could be worse, I guess. I'd probably break my own ankle for $36 million, to be honest. Yeah, he's currently making uh, headlines for all the wrong reasons at the moment. Um, we saw that... Uh it was, it was his mum that got most of the headlines with wearing that white dress when he, when he got signed. So she, she was getting the headlines. I don't know if you want your mum getting the headlines because she's a good sort. But anyway, she did. And um, and then, yeah, he's had a, a pretty ordinary start to his first game. Look, he was a number eight draft pick, uh, as you said, at the New Orleans Pelicans. Um, he signed a $36 million deal. This is an ankle sprain. He'll he'll get right and come back. Yeah, he'll be just fine. Um, obviously, yep. missed out a couple of preseason games here, but plenty of time to get right before October. Uh, interesting to see. A lot of Aussies representing well in the NBA at the moment. It's mm. good to see. You'd reckon the uh, – I feel like the Boomers are maybe um, in it for a World Cup or Olympics yeah. sort of, you know, they'll have a shot at a gold or silver or bronze medal in the next few years. It's pretty exciting to see with Paddy Mills and Ingalls and obviously uh, Dyson Daniels here as well. So that's exciting. Um, 
Speaking of Olympics, bit of a bit of a bummer this one. I don't know if you saw the news, news about Michael Klim. Uh, he's revealed that he's suffering from an autoimmune disorder known as CIDP, which means he uh, lives with a fair bit of pain through his body and he can't walk without a stick at the moment. Um, no good and so young as well, only 44 and just such a shame to think of Klimmy that way. He's such a member of that real golden age of Australian yeah. swimming and Australian Olympics in the early 2000s there. So uh, yeah, thoughts and love go out to Michael Klim and all those around him. Well, really, really tough. And anyone's ever seen Michael Klim in person, he is a man mountain and yeah, uh, right. a, a real, f- has always been a really fit guy. As you said, this autoimmune disease, which is incurable, means that he's um, he's going to eventually lose all function of his legs and, and knees and that. So he's struggling to walk even with a, with a walking stick at the moment. So, um, yeah, a shout out to him. Hope, hope he's... Hope, I know he's not going to get better, but hope he can manage as best as he can because that'll be a pretty poor quality of life after being so fit for your whole your whole existence. Yeah, absolutely. To rely on your physicality so much of your life yep. and career and then yep. have it go from you can't be an easy thing. But from the little the little snippets of interviews and stuff I've seen, he's uh, remaining relatively positive and dealing with Good. it best he can. So yeah, thoughts and love to Klimmy. Um, mm. Yeah, since it's a Monday, you got any uh, got any old war stories for us, Shano? <laughs> Well, I just got thinking about the Canberra Raiders, and um, I was lucky enough to play in three prime or four prime ministers eleven. I, I, I captained it three times, um, but the first time I was called into the squad, we had a a Queensland legend, an Australian legend guy, guy called Carl Rackerman, very laconic uh, Queenslander, talked in a deep voice like this. <laughs> um, Brad Haddon was younger than me; he was the twelfth man, being from Canberra, he was made twelfth man for the prime ministers eleven. And we'd played always a Promises 11 on a Tuesday in Canberra. So we'd go out for a beer on the Monday night at Moose McGillicardy's or something it was called. And <laughs> it, was, it was hospitality night. And Carl Rackerman, being the senior player, told, and all us young guys were hanging off every word, he said, it's currently raining outside. Young, young bloke, Haddon, you go outside and check if it's raining. Come back in in 10 minutes and tell us. If it's raining, we have another beer. And this went on for about... He had two or three hours and it kept raining, so he kept ordering us another round of beer. And every good-looking girl that walked past, he would say, that's something, that's something. <laughs> and then I sort of got in, you know, I wanted to hang out with Carl Rackham and I was probably only about 20 years of age at this stage. There's a really good-looking girl walked past. And I said, is that something, Mocker? He goes, no, that's everything. <laughs> <laughs> Economy of words, brilliant. Brilliant. Uh, we did drink for most of the night, and the good news is we still beat England the next day. <laughs> <laughs> Buddy, love that. <laughs> Thanks, everyone, for listening in. That's Afternoon Sport for today. Make sure you hit follow or subscribe. Give us a rating, a review, wherever you listen to the pod. Big thank you to our supporters there, Shane. Yeah, our fantastic sponsors, O'Brien Beer, the beer that loves you back. And, of course, thank you to our producer, Dan McHugh. We'll be back tomorrow with some more sport. Thanks for listening. Thank you, Shane. Talk to you soon. Thanks, Luca. Thanks, everyone. We'll see you next time. Take care. Building Resilience Podcast. They play in different arenas, but sports and business have massive similarities. Elite athletes and top business leaders flourish through the physical and psychological demands their high-stress careers place on them. The Building Resilience Podcast explores the world of sport and deconstructs the tools and ethos of world-class athletes that can help us create growth and optimize business and life. Come find the Building Resilience Podcast on your favorite podcast app.